Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. I'm Matt. And I'm Alex. And I'm Carrie. Welcome guys back to the Game Junkies podcast. Um, we're all back together again, and it's time for us to. We're going to resume where we left off last time, actually. Um, two weeks ago, we started ranking the, the rivals in the Pokemon games, and we got for the first four generations. So we are now going to rank generations five through eight. However, before we get into five v eight, um, a bit of um, a bit of uh, unfinished business from last time out. Um, Kerry, I believe there is something that needs to be addressed, isn't there? Yes. Well, if you've been listening to the last one, then you should have, because you know it's strange just to jump into a completely random episode, especially if it's a second part. For the third entry, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. Well, mm. Alex and I got to wax lyrical about Wally's glow-up towards the end. Matt never actually gave his score on account of never actually having properly faced one of the rivals, I believe. Yeah. Oh, Matt. Did he use Boomy? Yeah. You should have played Gen 3 by now, because it's awesome. So I shame have, on you. I've played some now, yes. I have played some now. All we asked. So, Matt, give us your score. Let's do a drum roll, even though Zoom will cut it out. <laughs> okay, right. Can I say that I I end up with Brendan as my rival, and he is about as three dimensional as a piece of paper. I mean, no one can argue with that. Yeah, you know, like like do your best and you you focus. I'm like. Oh my god, you make Hop seem like the most intelligent trainer you're ever going to face. <sighs> one and a half out of ten. One and a half out of five, sorry. Oh, jeez. Damn, boy. Damn, boy, you're going low. By all accounts... That's because you haven't played the whole game. Yeah, it as well, because I've been, I've been reading, because I didn't get a chance to play both rivals. Maze even worse. <laughs> I mean, my entire pr- impression of Brandon is, oh, you're a gym leader's kid. I thought you'd be a dude. It's like, thank? Question mark? Is it this... Did... <laughs> my dude! Is it this... Well, this is the same point as a character that we're going to get onto later, Matt. Your opinion is great, but it's wrong. Brandon and May are awesome. <laughs> Right, Alex, let us save our rage for a later entry because we all know it's going to end in arguments. Blood. Yeah, bear, bear in mind that um, from where we are right now, in in as it releases on Saturday, the, the following Wednesday, me, Alex, and Kelly are in the same space, so one of us may be dead by Wednesday. <laughs> I mean, that's sword. You're talking shit. Don't ever use a sword. <laughs> but a long week, Matthew, do not test me. 
Matt's opinion is just wrong. Alex had a cut sword as well. Oh my goodness. Alex, put your katana away, you fucking weeb. Why am I in the room? Oh dear lord, this is brilliant. Okay, right. <clears throat> this is what you tune in for every two weeks, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, what, it's, what, it's one of my, it's my, it's my highlight of my fortnight recording this show because you guys are just absolutely mental. I love you both dearly. <laughs> yes, anyway. <laughs> so, Gen 5, which is Pokemon Black and White. It's. So, what, ve- what version did everyone play? Because I always get this one mixed up. I played Pokemon White, which was um, Zekrom. So, which meant I played Pokemon Black, which was Reshram. I can never pronounce that. Which is very confusing. It feels like it should have been the other way around. You need to confuse it with Reshiramus, the dragon type Reggie. Well, I meant the colours, but yeah, sure. I, I played Pokemon Black. Personally, um, it's one I one I emulated. Um, it, <gasps> I know, bad mo, but yeah. Um, Dude, it files scum of the earth. There are worse crimes. Someone call the feds. If, you, if you're not if you're not careful, the Illuminati will come and arrest you for that. There are worse crimes. Um, the Unavari. Hey Matt, there's an FBI guy behind you. That's Chris. Um, is that? Um, Unova, either Unova or Unova, or how you know? Unova. 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 Because it's written there, you never know how it's pronounced sometimes. Yeah, um, I guess, content warning, we will probably be pronouncing at least most of this wrong. Mm. It's all open to interpretation. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. If you don't like it, come at us. Or maybe don't, because, you know, that's not very nice. Right, so shall we address the rivals in the game? Yes. Right, so for the benefit of the people listening at home, who are the rivals for this game? Okay, so there's three rivals, but we'll do the third one last. Um, <clears throat> to start, we'll go over Cherim, who is the tougher one of the two. Or supposed to be the main rival of the two. Mm-hmm. Jerem is um is your pretty I'd very much compare him to like a hybrid between Brendan and Barry. He's got he's got the I want to Actually I put him closer to like a mix between Brendan and Gary. Because he's got the same like mindset as Gary of wanting to become like the champion this that and the other and beat you and that's his only like defining personality trait but then he's got like the friendly nature of Brendan so he's a bit of a hybrid between the two yeah but I feel like it took Game Freak a long while to actually implement a proper personality into these rivals though I think for the, the simplicity of it, if we just 
because obviously their teams change depending on what star you pick. So I think if we just pick what would be the strongest out of... Actually, no, because we did the three last time. Okay, so I'll read his three teams out, his three final teams. Okay. Um, if you were to pick Superior is your um, starter, which obviously is a superior option because Superior is just better than the other two. You have Cherim would have a Leopard. I probably butchered that name, but oh well. That's Simi right. Sage, which the Simi suck. Mm. Unpheasant, which is just the ripoff of Staraptor. It's unpleasant. Everyone forgets. Gigalith, which is such an awesome rock type Pokemon. Hexorus, which is a dragon type I think most people forgot, but it's still awesome. And Embor. So it's sort of the same team all around, but literally the only thing that changes is the um, the monkey in the starter. So if you had um, Embor as your starter, he'll have Simi Seer and Samurott. And if you picked um, Samurott as your starter, he would have Simi Poor and um, Superior. But, here's the thing, this is the last game, and the only game, I think, where starters actually have items on their Pokemon, because Cherim had an item on every single Pokemon, and it's kind of insane, really. Leopard had a Citrus Berry to obviously heal itself. His, um... Monkey Pokemon had the item that boosts its damage type, depending on what it was. His Unpheasant had a focus lens to increase its chance of hitting you. His Gigalith had leftovers, because obviously it had um, Sturdy and then it could help itself heal a little bit. His Haxorus had Dragon Gem, a Dragon Gem to power up its Outrage. And its starter had a focus sash, just in case you one-shot it with the super effective starter. So, <laughs> the items make a lot of sense and give these Pokémon a fair buff in power. They certainly uh, put together, in terms of the Pokémon he had, um, the Pokémon and the items required for him in a good way. I mean, my personal opinion is that this is probably the most logical thing that's been done yeah. team so far. From what we've covered, anyway. Yeah. Out of every out of every generation's rival, this is probably the most like thorough thought about team out of all of them, really. Mm. Especially the fact they're all packing items to help them and support them. Yeah. Okay. So what's the um? What's your thought on the team? Do you think, um, I mean, how how easy did you take it apart? Now you're asking. Um, it's actually been a very long time since I've played this one, which is a shame because I want to go back and, you know, be slightly traumatized by the end storyline as an adult because you understand it then. Mm. Like the room full of toys. I don't remember having too much trouble. Well, that's a slight lie. The superior. 
because I chose Sad Otter Clown as my starter, which evolved into weird samurai four-legged horn thing. Fair I was enough. always a bugbear of mine when I was younger. Why do the cutest starters turn into the ugliest final evolutions? Give me a starter that's cute all the way through. I'm a simple person. I like cute Pokemon. Mm. But the team itself, honestly, I think it's quite well put together. And I just kind of want to double down on what Alex said about Gigalith, because it really is hard to find good rock-type Pokemon yeah. that you don't look at and they keel over. Exactly. Well, thinking Geodude and Onix come to mind. Um, Onix particularly. Um, you think Onyx? giant rock snake and a squirtle can one-shot it. Yeah, but like you look up disappointment in the dictionary and there is a picture of an Onix. Yeah. It was so cool in the anime as well. Yeah. yeah and boom. then it's like, Rock's oh, it's crap. Brock's Onix was absolute beast. In the uh, in the anime, but in the actual get yeah, hurt by Thunderbolt in the anime. Yeah, it got hurt by Thunderbolt, but the reason, got, but but it got hurt by Thunderbolt after um, after I think it was Charmander. I don't know. Charmander before. I'm not sure. They set off the sprinklers, so Onyx was wet before they shocked it. Which, to be fair, I is. Don't think he- I don't think he had ever had a Charmander, did he? Like he got it was a Charizard when he encountered it. No Charmander. No, he found a Charmander. The flame was dying. It was dying. It was basically abandoned by its trainer and left out in the rain. Yeah. He, he got oh. a little leaf. A little leaf yeah. over his flame. Like cry. I know that was, that was I know he gets Squirtle from the Squirt I know he gets Squirtle from the Squirtle Squad. Yeah. The sunglasses one. I always thought he met Charizard as a Charizard. I always thought Charizard was a Charizard when he met him, and the Charizard was an asshole. But I must be thinking of a different Pokemon. No, it's, uh, it, um, Charizard evolved out of a Charmeleon, which evolved out of Charmander. Charmander, he was lovely the whole time. We know, getting Char- we know Charmander's going to appear from, from off screen. Um, and then, but Charmeleon was a, was a teenager, didn't give a damn. And then Char- Charizard eventually grew into a decent Pokemon. But in, in yeah, so Onyx got destroyed by water from the sprinklers plus Pichu Thunderbolt. That is one of the biggest random bullshit go I've ever heard. It, I mean, logically, that works. Yeah, no, mate. I, I mean, it works. Don't get me wrong, but we can't do it in the game. So it's a bit like the Yu Gi Oh anime. They make it up as they go along. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but that uh, just enforces your question even your point even more. It's hard to find a sturdy rock type. Um. So, what are we ranking him at at five? Then, Alex, you start us off. I'm going to give him a four out of five. This team, this team is solid. It's just a shame that. They've got the Simi monkeys because the Simi monkeys were absolutely garbage. If it wasn't for those monkeys, that would be a five out of five team for me. Fair. They were kind of garbage though, and the designs were terrible. Hmm. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair comment. I mean, the monkeys are not great. And for me, that's what drops him from a four and a half down to a four for me. 
Okay. I'm going to upset them. I'm going to give them a 3.5. Okay, justify it. Okay. Monkeys. That's not why. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's also. I guess I've been spoiled by later games, and by later games, I mean Sword and Shield. The rivals actually having personality. Mm. Because he had a very. To me, he felt very, very generic and flat, like all the old rivals did. I suppose when you're younger, you don't really pay too much attention to that. Because it's just like, ah, I went to make Pokemon to kill the other Pokemon, even though they don't die. But sometimes they do. Pokemon lore is confusing me. I just... His his final team was solid. I'll give him that. But... I've always found him kind of forgettable. I found Bianca even more forgettable, so, you know. All I remember is I hated her skirt and her weird acorn hat as a child. Well, let's talk about Bianca, Alex, shall we? Bianca is a happy, clumsy woman <clears throat> with with a weird skirt and an acorn hat and pointy hair. She she for some reason she puts in so much hairspray she has fucking horns. Ah, what? yeah, so she has the same um, fashion consultant as Queen Amidala. You reckon if you touched her hair, it would feel like fiberglass? I get that feeling. Like, Put yourself <laughs> on it. You touch her hair and you'd lose your hand. Like sharks. Right. So, she's pretty forgettable. I will say, I will give her credit though, in the second, because obviously the second game is an actual, it's an actual second game. It's not a reimagining or a new timeline. It is a, later down the years. Mm. I mean, Jerem's a bloody, the first gym leader in the second game all things yeah. and Bianca's the professor's assistant Juni- Professor Juniper was in that one I think yes. the first female professor if I'm correct I uh, believe that's correct yeah yeah okay so let's just go over a team because I like I like obviously I've got to say can not going to include superior because superior is superior but I've earned, there's only one Pokemon I actually like on her team. Go on. So let me let me give you, the, obviously, just take the monkeys and the um, starters into account because it's the same for both trainers. So her other four Pokemon are Stoutland, Rushana, which is just weird looking, Mindchow, which is all right. I like Mindchow. And the best one in her team is Sh- Chandelure, because Chandelure is f- fucking phenomenal. Kerry looked up, looking a little bit questioning. Bring it, Kez. And Charles, one of my favourite Pokemon. That's it. <laughs> it approves, it looks like. <laughs> and there's no held items on her team either. So, okay. Well, that makes sense then as to why she, uh, not spoiling it at this point, let's face it, at the end of the game, realizes she can't match the skills of the player. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she never, like, 
she was never actually going to the Elite Four like the rest of you guys or doing the gym. She was just doing the Pokedex. And she always brings up the fact how she's never going to be as good as you or Cherim. Which I think why it seals her fate as becoming like the professor's assistant in the second game. Makes a lot of sense, storyline wise, to be fair. But her team is really, really mid. It's a really mid team. So the question we have regarding her in is because she doesn't. I'm going to go in the law of the game here because she doesn't class herself on the same level as you, the player. Is she comparable as a rival? I don't think so. I don't, I I never considered her a rival. Mm. I just considered her as the Wally of this game. As it as in like a sentient robot? Do you mean, or as in the idiot? The weak one. The weak. The weakest out of the three, basically. Okay. Obviously, the three being you, the main rival, and the one who's just there. I see. I see. Wally had a Wally had a glow up at the end of um, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, but he was still the just there rival, really. Fair enough. Kerry, are you coming down on my on my opinion, or you know? I think I'm going to have to basically agree with that, that Bianca isn't really a rival as such. Okay, so do we exclude her from the list, or do we score her base, or do we score her lower because of that in general? I think... I she's... Okay. You know, are you Is about it... to say, Kerry? Nothing. Um, does that change your score at all? Don't you raise your eyebrows at me, boy. Well, what are you going to say? Does it change your score at all? If she's, um, not, if she's not a rival, then it lowers her score for me. Because like a genius, I've written everyone's score really big in this box. Because for me, she gets a two. Okay. So if your overall score are at five, does that change it? Because I've kind of been doing this as an overall score mm. on how the rivals in the game all compare. Yeah. So does that change your score from a four? Um, doesn't change from before. No. No. Okay. Um, for me, he's still a four, but Bianca the two for sure. Okay. Alex, does this change your overall score? Cherim, no, because Cherim is a really good rival with a really good team and has basic common sense for battling with the held items. I'm going to be on girl one. I like her Chandelure, but she's just the she's just the annoying rival who's just there. So your overall score is still a four. Cherim's a four, Bianca's a one. Oh, what I've been asking the pair of you. Because <laughs> last time we were doing... Oh, right. But, okay. Just to explain the rules for all of us again. <laughs> we've, last time we were doing this, say, if there was two rivals, we'd give both rivals basically a combined score. Like, if you thought they warranted a four out of five, that's thing. It's like an overall score type thing. 
fully with you. This now. is why I've been asking over and over again. Does it change your score? Fully with you. Um, it does. Then it, it brings. Uh, it's gonna bring another three and a half for me. Then it's gonna. It's gonna affect. Okay. It's gonna. It's gonna bring the score down to three and a half because she's nowhere near on the level, and that affects it for me. Okay. What about you, Alex? Uh, three. They're going to go down to a three. Tricky. Any particular reason? Same thing as before, really. It's just... She doesn't... If she wasn't in the game, you wouldn't miss her. If Cherim wasn't in the game, you would miss him. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. It's not that we're a hive mind here in this podcast. But sometimes somebody says something and it sparks and you're like, you know what, actually, you're right. I said Ch- uh, Charon is forgettable, but half the time, if you think black and white, I don't think a lot of people remember Bianca exists. It's, and it's, hard, it's a it? constant, I'm never going to be as good as you. So yes, we know, then try harder. Make <laughs> <laughs> the complex room out the wrong way. Okay. So that's going to end with that score. Surprisingly, after dropping all our scores like that, this game isn't at the bottom. That's good, I think. Um, now, Alex, you're the third person to talk about. Yeah, though, because it's a separate game, like a separate, because um, it's like a time skip rather than uh, reimagining, I do think he should have his own scoreboard, personally. Hugh is, like, Hugh is your rival in Black and White 2, and he's very much a, um, he's, a, what's the best way to describe him? He's, like, a more brotherly version It's like a more brotherly version of Gary, I think. Like he has the competitiveness. He's a bit, he's a bit rude, but he's also an older brother, and he's very, he very much acts like that older brother, especially in the beginning of the game. Okay. So he's got, he's got a kind heart, but at the same time, he's not afraid to just be your typical dickhead rival. I don't think I don't think he has more personality than other rivals that have come before him, but I definitely think out the um all the Gen 5 rivals he has the most personality. I also he also, in my opinion, has the better team of Cherim and Bianca. Okay. Putting his final teams in perspective. Oh, and also to add, they all have items as well. They kept the item trend with this rival. Obviously, as before, he has the monkeys and he has the starters. 
So excluding the monkeys and the starters, his team is Unpheasant, which is a ripoff Star Raptor, mm-hmm. Buffalant, which is Gen 5's Tauros, and I love it. It's the um ball with the afro, if you remember. I actually love Buffalants. He has Flygon, which is like god tier dragon type. Who doesn't love Flygon? And the fact it never got a mega evolution confuses me. And he has Electros, which I don't know if you guys remember Electros. Yeah. It's a Pokemon that looked much cooler in when it had a sprite rather than a 3D model. Doesn't it swim through the air now? Yeah. Yeah. It used to be this big, intimidating, Ah. like, slug eel monster. And not only does it, is it an electric type that can learn Dragon Claw and Flamethrower, it also has Levitate, so it can't be hit by ground-type attacks. It's vicious. His team is just really strong. Mm. I'd honestly say it's stronger than Cherim's. The, on- the only thing it is missing is, as much as I love Flygon, Haxorus is a better option, because it is stronger. But... I'm kind of more biased when it comes to Flygod. Hmm. That's, that's fair. I mean, I personally love... I, I love the fact it's got a Buffalant. I love that one so much. Um, such an, um, Megahorn is so underrated, if you use it right. As a move. Um, if I'm right as well, all of all of um, he he follows in uh, in in line with the uh, other rival as well, and he has held items on all of his Pokemon as well. So, what would you, Matt? What actually, Kerry? Sorry, I'm. Getting ahead of myself. Okay. What What do you think of this team in character overall? I never actually played Black and White Two, so you know, I can't right, really well, form an actual opinion on him. Well, going off the the team then. I mean, from a team standpoint alone, you see, it's difficult. Because, like I said, I've never actually played that game. It's So, as much of a boring answer as it is, the best I can give you is, is a good team. In your own voice. <laughs> um, I'm going to say both Kerry here, because I've never played Black and White 2 either. Um, but that team, hella strong. No matter which starter um, it's got, he's got, um, is it a view? Um, it's hella strong. Um, the fact that you've got an Electros in there, and that's holding leftovers as well, let's not forget. So, every single round, it will regain health as well. So, you're going to be there for a while against it as well, because it flying, it lightning, it fire. And it's the older game, so training was harder. Yeah. It was. He was certainly more of a 
rival than the other two were, but it was a separate game. Um, as in cartridge and everything. So it's uh he I would I'd give purely because I haven't played the game, I'd give him a free. I can't I can't give a fairer opinion than that. <laughs> I can't give a score because I've never played it. I've never faced the team. Hmm. So Alex, the score for him will be entirely your score. Give him a score at fifteen. Yeah, he scored about a fifteen, Alex. I mean that's a fair one. We we, we agree on that one for us. Mm. And then Kerry can divide it accordingly. <laughs> oh let's take one last look at the team. Watch him pick a number we can't do by three now, Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> The team is almost perfect, apart from the monkey. So out of fifteen, I, I'm gonna honestly, I'm gonna give a fourteen. I like his personality. I like the team, apart from the monkey, and they have held items. That makes the difference when you're battling. That's what makes the difference when you battle Cherim. Having held items just makes every them more competent. It actually makes them feel like a challenge. So, yeah. If I'm going out of 15, I'm giving him a 14. Okay. He, the only letdown is the monkey and that he sort of falls under as the game goes on, he sort of falls under the same repetition as most rivals do. Right. So, we're going to base it out. It's about 4.5 then. Out of 5 across the board then because of that okay are we actually including that one in the final one are we um because I mean only one of us has actually faced him mm. I'll say that's what we're going to say about it but because we've graded him but we're not going to include him in the final in the final schematic I think I think that's fair it's an honourable mention honourable mention I think that's what we'll do with that time we've addressed him um should we mention N or not? He wasn't a rival. No, but he was fantastic. Well, yeah, he was fantastic. Well written, for sure. Come back in, I don't know, like a year or so when we do a six-hour episode just ranking every notable trainer in the game. Um, Obviously, Youngster Joey is going to win. I mean, we could include him in the bad guy list because, I mean, technically, he is a bad guy until the end. This is true. This is true. Um, let's... Um, you know, an honorable mention as well to Cynthia turning up in the game as well. Oh, yeah. And the, the, the moment you walked through that door, I was like, shit, run, cast for the hills! Run for the hills! She's fucking back! <laughs> and she even mentions um, the player character from uh, from uh, Diana Pearl as well, which is a nice little touch. You know, I think the day we rank all like, the champions is going to be a spicy episode. <laughs> It will be spicy. It's going to imagine one of us falling out. Possibly so. Possibly so. Right, so... Lance's team sucks and is illegal. Just saying. <laughs> Pardon? Lance's team sucks and it's illegal and competitive. Lance has a theme that slaps 
I don't know, it slaps ass or something. But yeah, the team, the team does doesn't slap dough. ass. No, the team doesn't slap, slap ass, but the theme does. Because you've got to bear in mind, back in the day of 8-bit music, that was just like... It was dramatic. It had flair. Yeah, it did. It until you could no longer, it did until you could no longer hear it because your ears are too busy bleeding from hyperbeam. <laughs> oh god, 8-bit hyperbeam. I'll tell you something else. If you ever get the chance to watch a video clip of it, 8-bit aeroblast. Ouch. We have to try and find that now. But yes, next up, who wants to introduce X and Y? Yeah. I mean. You, yeah, you kids. <sighs> okay. <laughs> X and Y. La France. <laughs> I don't speak French, so come at me or something. Sante. <laughs> Baguette and escargot. <laughs> okay. Okay. X and Y was a revolutionary game, and I've had to be a bit strict with myself because when this game first came out, everything was just chef's kiss. There was so much 3D. There was character customization. And do you all remember that big ass Eiffel Tower ripoff that you could just circle round for hours and hours and hours to use as an egg hatching technique by shoving a penny under your 3DS Joy-Con? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember seeing the legendary Pokemon come to life in 3D for the first time and see your actual character in the cutscene? And do you oh, remember the music slapped? And do you remember how absolutely disappointing the rivals were? Mm hmm. Oh, and Sylveon. Gotta mention Sylveon. <laughs> and fairies. But right. also, but we're not actually here to talk about cute fairy Pokemon, so. Disappointing rivals. Yeah. Quick disclaimer. Great. Quick disclaimer. We are only doing Callum and Serena because there's four rivals in this game. Yeah. Four. I mean, they give you a cutesy nickname, but they're they're all. You can swap them all around, and it won't make any difference. It is. It is fair. Um, I mean, there is, you know, four, I thought there were five. You got Carol. Four-headed ginger kid. Girl with the pigtails who, if you play a boy character, I think she has a crush on you. The, um, guy with crawfish who is his crawfish is actually fucking terrifying in the beginning of the game, who dances a lot. Mm. Then you got Callum or Serena. Mm. Ah, that's really No, I think I think you're the fifth that you're thinking of. They are Yeah, because the other one is the other one, yeah. So they, they are those four. Callum and Serena are totally the same. Yes. Listen to this quickly before we continue. It's Aeroblast back in Gold, Silver, and Crystal. Nice and ear bleeding. <laughs> Gotta turn it up to get the experience. Thanks for that. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm not sleeping tonight. Shout out to um, first generation Psychic. It gave me. I can't play through the old games without that making me want to commit die because it hurts my head. 
I'm okay. Anyway, we're ignoring all your little pals. Girl with bunches, dancing kid, ball haircuts. <laughs> Get in the bin. I mean, it's, it's, it is cool and it's an innovative idea that you have a friend group. So everyone knows you're not a Larry Loner for this game. But we're not talking about them because they're all interchangeable with one another. Yeah. So Alex, would you do us the honours of reading out the team? Yes. The final team. This, I'm, I'm just going to say it now, this team sucks. <sighs> so I'll, I'll read out all three different variations. Yeah. Bearing in mind at this point... Because they're not all the same. Because obviously this is Gen 6 at this point, so bearing in mind the map I've got to choose from is vast. Yes. Right. And obviously keep into account that Mega Revolution is in this game, and obviously when Mega Revolution was first introduced, I do honestly feel, as I have recently played um, X and Y... I feel like Mega Revolution was a bit too strong when it, they first introduced it. I think it's a lot of the reason why Mega Revolution hasn't made it into later games. Right. Which I, which I was because I do miss it, because I did enjoy Mega Revolution. But anyway, here's the teams. Callum and Serena have the same teams. Uh, the variations are... If you picked Delphox, aka Fennekin, you they would have Meowstic, which is a psychic Pokemon that has Fake Out. I'll give it that, but Fake Out is amazing. Clefable, which is also amazing. Flareon, Mega Absol, Altaria, and Greninja. Greninja is also awesome. There's some cool Pokemon on here, though, to be fair. Um, if you picked the grass starter, Chestnut, they had Meowstic, Clefable, Jolteon, which is my favourite Eevee evolution, mm. Mega Absol, Altaria, and Delphox. And if you picked the current starter, aka Greninja, he had... They had Meowstic, Clefable, Flareon, Mega Absol, Altaria, and Chestnut. And no held items apart from the Absol Knight to get a Mega Evolution. It's not great, is it? It's a very lack. It's a very lackluster team. Clefable cool. is great. I love Clefable, especially when it became a fairy type. Well, that made sense. And, and I love Jolteon. Jolteon gives me bias. Jolteon is one of the best Pokemon for me. Um, it's odd how how weak that team sounds. Could you? Uh, have... Here's my question. Yeah. Why is he not? Why are they not using Mega Altaria? Why Mega Absol? I'm more concerned why they ain't got six Pokemon on their team. Oh, I. I don't think Altaria came until Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, which was after X and Y. So ignore all that. Well, that's that's a fair comment, but I'm I am quite concerned that no one ever seems to go into a battle with a player character with less with less than six Pokemon. 
It's very no, that is sex. That is sex. Really? I'm, I, I miss her. Meow stick. Meow stick. Clefable. Eevee evolution. Absol. Altaria. And starter. I apologize. That's a really not good team. Okay. I think you'll like a bit that. Okay, what's your thoughts on that team? At this point, it feels like I'm just echoing everything you two said. It's, um, not good. This is kind of why we introduced the rivals as disappointing. Yeah. Honestly, everything else about this game slaps. Hmm. Including the fact you could wear a trench coat. Oh, you couldn't. You could never take off your hat. That bugged me. But you could wear a trench coat and you could skate around the Eiffel Tower and you had roller skates. You wore a trench coat like a French detective. Fantastic, absolutely wonderful. I think I made my character look like a neckbeard for shits and giggles, as much as I could. Well, my character was like a ten-year-old girl or something. I it. It's weird how the rivals can be so lackluster, though. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, a game is defined by the enemies you face. Doesn't matter whether it's whether it's uh, Dark Souls or Pokemon. They have it has to be a reason to play the game, and eh. And the reason why. They ha- why um, <laughs> X and Y was not popular um, at one. It's not the most popular one, is it? For a reason. I think, like quite a few of the Pokemon games, it also lacks replay value. Once you're done, what else is there to do with it? Hmm. Apart from put it on your shelf and let it collect dust. Well, this is it. I mean, I picked up again recently. Um, I mean, for you, is, is the replay value fair or not? No, I, I'm not. I'm like Kerry. Maybe it's just because it was the first game on 3DS. I was wowed by it the first time I played for it. The second time I played for it, I was just really disappointed with it. Like the character customization, yeah, it's it's nice. There's not as much customization as I remember there being, and the rival. Eh. Sucked. I remember rightly, a champion the, wasn't that hard. And the amount of handouts you got, did you know? You can, you can theoretically form a team of six and only have to catch... You can form a team of six after beating the third gym without having... And you only have to catch one of these Pokemon. You get given your starter at the beginning. The professor gives you a Gen 1 starter. You can catch a Snorlax for free. The um, A scientist will give you a fossil Pokemon between Tyrant and Aurora. The third gym leader will give you a Mega Lucario. And straight after that town, before you start the next route, some weird hiker guy will just give you a Lapras. So you can literally have a team of six and only have to catch one Pokemon out of the team of six that you get given. 
That's... It's something I feel like is a common complaint about games as they've gotten on. They've gotten easier. Like, a lot easier. Everything is very hand-holdy the more it goes along. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like having option for that sort of, sort of thing, but some, I mean, it's not like Pokemon games were difficult. Is this that hard to say? Um, I, feel, I feel like, if I remember rightly, this was the first game that told you what moves were super effective as well. I know that was that was Gen Seven, I think. Ah, but I am stupid. Then <laughs> ignore that. No, no you're my, not stupid. In my head, I mean, I'm probably wrong. In my head, I'm that being back on yellow. No, I meant as in when you go to select your move to use in battle, it says this is super effective. This will have no effect. Oh, that! Oh, that! That! I <laughs> wish there was an option to turn that off because it does mean. Hmm. Almost as much as the rotom decks annoys me. Yeah, I would awesome. agree. That sort of thing, okay. Then I think then you think you're right. Actually, yeah, I was thinking about about when you throw the move out there, it's, it's super effective. But then you remember that, but it just tells you that in the in the yeah. poker decks now. Mike, so you have to put in no effort whatsoever. We we spent days writing stuff down. Damn it! In the day. Do I- Either of you remember the days you could go into Game Station back then and you could buy a manual that would tell you how to do everything in the game and you'd like pour over these manuals religiously even if you didn't buy them because they were like 20 quid a piece when back then that was a lot of money. Yeah. And it you'd like study them religiously to get through like the one boss you couldn't beat or something like that. Yeah, it was hard I, had the, I had the one for Ruby and Sapphire. And I can't honestly miss things like that. But it's a bit like having that built into the game at points. Yeah. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. That is a valid point for sure. Um, it does feel very handholdy. So the question we have then is uh, the team's not good, the rivals are forgettable. Where do we rank them? Given this one a two and a half, and it pains me to give it that lower score, but what I think when playing the game through for the first time, it was very like wow, technology because everything was new and shiny, and there was like a new Pokemon type, and everyone was like, oh my god, Sylveon, mm. you know, Sylveon. <laughs> but if you go back to it, it's like honestly, what's what's there really here? Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, did you keep the 3D part of the 3DS in the on position or firmly locked to off? I had to have it off because it gave me a migraine otherwise. This is the thing, you see, because what so one of the best parts probably they put into the game for it, very few people probably got to experience because the headaches it bloody created. Uh, 3DSs were, especially the first generation of 3DS, the 3D was just migraine-inducing. Yeah. Right. So, Kerry's going to get two and a half for the uh, the rival fifth one. Alex? One. One? I, I, I played for it recently, and I just... I haven't been 
as disappointed with battling since I played that one. In there's nothing. They weren't even a challenge. And I mean, recently in Pokemon games, I've started using a set set mode with um, a limited healing items rule. Right. With no revise or anything. And even with that in place, it was an absolute walk in the park to beat them. Mm. They they have Jolteon. That's all, that's all I can rate the team for, is one of them has a Jolteon. That earns it one point. The team was just a dis- the team is disappointment, and the rivals' personality is just so box standard. Let's be friends. Oh, I'm disappointed because I keep losing. I understand why I keep losing now. Good luck with the elite four. I'm gonna run away, and you'll never see me again. In the kitchen, I have a box of rice. That box of rice has more personality than those two. Yeah. Well, it gets it... one point because of Jolteon. I'll give it two because I do like the I do like evolutions. We're we're overdue a new one, by the way, Game Freak. So you know, just gonna hurry up a bit with that. Have we had a ghost type? type. So, um, I have to dig it out, but I saw this fantastic picture someone made of concepts for all the evolutions that haven't been released yet. Flying type evolution is my favorite. It's made of clouds. Cloud oh, and ghost type was awesome. I think poison type was a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. boy, that is a painful score. Take note, don't go back don't go back to to Gen 6. I mean, if you can, just don't let nostalgia blind you. Because I think when Alex and I were doing our region review, we were too dazzled by the fact this was the first game where everything was shiny and new. And I remember X and Y actually getting quite a high score. Mm. But... Yeah. Is that all we have to say about this one? Yeah. Okay. Sun and Moon. Alex, you'll go. Like I, I want I want to do something here. Can we kind of can we have Howl as the honourable mention and talk about Gladian instead? As he as he felt like the rival of the game. I don't really remember him. I find them both very forgettable. <laughs> it was this was I will say that the rival of this game was an improvement in the same way that it that the promise we have now is slightly less corrupt than the promise we had before. It's like, it's like comparing, I don't know. Mm. Burnt toast to slightly less burnt toast. Yeah. Well, Alex's hair to be slightly less long than it was last week. <laughs> it's not right, my different. brother's hair is fabulous. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's not. I said length, but I didn't say quality. <laughs> We're just jealous because, like, our hair combined isn't that long. Yeah, my hair's pretty short in general. <laughs> You're on about. You've seen my profile picture on Twitter. My hair is like skin skin short. Yeah, and that was only last week, gentlemen. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. The point is, is that they're very forgettable. But I do see Alex's point. 
I maybe I can like sell this to us. Why, Alex? Explain why. So, I truly think How should be the honourable mention here because How starts as your rival, but I feel like Gladian really takes the cake as your rival. So, I'll just talk about How first. He is the Kalamin Serena done done to 11 like let's be friends you're my friend did i mention you're my friend he will send a postcard to you every day by the way did you forget we're friends and it oh god his team um <laughs> he does a very similar thing to serena and callum where he has an evolution Mm -hmm. The evolutions are Flareon um, in the starters Primarina. Primarina is awesome. Uh, actually, I love the Gen 7 starters. Yeah. If you picked if you picked Primarina, he has the Vaporeon in I'm gonna fucking botch the name proper. Dosuai? Which is Rowitz ever final evolution. I'm you are aware that every single one of them is weak to your starter. Yeah, I'm aware of this. That, that's the point of them. They're basically the throwaway of your starter. And um, if you pick the grass-type starter, because I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the name again, he has Leafeon, which is my second favourite evolution, and Incineroar, which is one of the greatest starters of all time. Just don't fucking look at them on Google. Google images because the fandom <laughs> likes them. Poor fucking thing. Yeah, so do the um, GIF artists. Yeah, so if. But other than that, his other four Pokemon, he has a Raichu, the Alolan one, which is electric and psychic. Mm. He has a Tauros, and I love Tauros. Can't go wrong with a weird or with two tails. He has a Noivern, which is... Yeah, it's alright. It's a very fast dragon and flying Pokemon. And he has... Crit... How the fuck do you even pronounce that? Crab... Crabominal? Crabominal. Crabominal. Which is a... Which is a ice and fighting type. Like, yeah. Crab Pokemon. The team is... Apart from Tauros and obviously the starters, because I do love the Gen 7 starters. Yeah. There's nothing to this team. It's kind of crap. And how is just Serena and Callum turned to 11 in personality? Generous, Which is why I feel it? like he should be the shout out one. I, I do think that you have made your case, Alex, here. Okay. Let's talk about Gladian, then. Okay. So, Gladian is a rival I actually quite like. He he's very, he very much goes back to old-fashioned rivals. He's not your friend. He never acknowledges you as a friend. He's constantly a dick to you. But he's doing it for his sister because he's uh, just a protective big brother. Yeah. He only ever has five Pokemon, though. But 
They are good. He has Crowbat, which is like the best flying type in the game. Don't don't even bother fighting me on that one, Matt. Crowbat's wonderful. Zubat as well. Zubat can He has Weavile. Weavile, in the right circumstances, it's faster than Garchomp. He has Porygon Z, which is a cool Pokemon. I've never really used Porygon Z, but it's alright. He has Lucario that holds a Z that holds a Stelium Z, which is perfect for fairy types. And I don't know if you remember what the um, Z items are, but they allow you to cast Z moves, mm. which in this game was basically like a super strong version of like Hyper Beam. Hyper Beams and Frenzy Plants and Hydro Cannons, they were just very strong moves. That re They were basically like Dynamax, only in one turn. Yeah. And lastly, he has Silvani, which is like a lesser Arceus, because it's the same sort of concept where you give it this item and it changes its type to that item. And depending on what starter you have, the item Sylvani will Sylvani will hold. I'm butchering that name proper. I apologize. It will hold the item that makes it the type super effective against your starter. Yikes! So yes, there's only five Pokemon there, but between him actually having the more nostalgic style of rivalry with you and actually having a team of fairly potent Pokemon he's the one I consider the rival in this game I consider him the Cherim and how the Bianca theoretically that is certainly one way to uh, <laughs> to generalize <laughs> to be fair um, what's your fit? What's your opinion, Danny? On um, Kerry, I'm probably gonna upset a few people now, but I found pretty much all the characters in Sun and Moon just completely forgettable. I mean, it actually takes me a while to remember who some of them are. Mm. All I remember is the weird professor who rolls out with his shirt undone. <laughs> Like, Professor, please, there are children in the room. <laughs> also, Lily was a piss baby and I wanted to slap her several times through the game. It's like, fucking get your shit together. Um, and and my... the, the entire family needed to fire their hairdresser. Yeah, you're wrong with that sort of thing. Um... um Honestly, purely because to me they are very forgettable. I'm just gonna have to give them a two and a half. I mean, yes. What's his name again? The brother? Uh Gladian. Yeah, his team is decent, but again, the character is forgettable. So, you know, fight me. Alex, what was your score? Mm -hmm. oh, 
Um, well, I'm writing this completely off Gladiator because Hal was just piss poor pathetic. Um, as I said, I, I like his personality. I like the fact that he went, we went back to a rival who was an arrogant, stuck-up rival who wasn't your friend, he was your rival. And his team alone does scare me in some situations, so... I'll go number 4 out of 5 based on a... Because I, I do love Gen 7, to be honest. I, I criticised it for having no gyms, but... Honest to God, I think now that I look back at it, I prefer the fact that that had no gyms. Because when was the last time you really struggled with a gym? And then tell me what totem Pokemon you didn't struggle with. Because they were fucking horrific to fight. I massively struggled with that weird water spider thing, and I won that by the skin of my teeth. Mm. Mar oh, don't get me... Do you remember Marowak? The Alolan one? Yeah. Yes. That thing was... I lost to that the first time I played the game. I lost to that Marowak and had to refight it. I can't tell you the last time I lost to a gym. I think with a lot of the totem Pokemon though, especially Water Spider, they weren't... That one wasn't actually strong, it was just fucking annoying. I can't tell you the last time I lost to a gym. But, yeah. I, I'm giving Gladiator a 4 out of 5. He is... He's, a, he's a, what a rival needed to be that was missing from other games. What about in the Pearl remake? Oh yeah, but that was more the fact that for some reason we decided to trade the starters and then realised by level 10 they didn't listen to us. <laughs> yes, that was fun. I'm still basically just after the first gym. I still haven't gotten very decided, far. Whoops. For a little, for a little bit of context, we decided we wanted all three starters. Mm. So we got all three starters, and I chose Charmander. So obviously Charmander's weak to the rock, the rock type gym. You mean Chimchar? Chimchar, yeah. Uh, so by the time we got to that point, obviously his highest Pokemon's level 14, which is a Cranidose that also has Headbutt. And I had a level 12 Charmander, a level 11 Piplup, and a level 12 Turtwig. And the Turtwig and the Piplup didn't listen half the time. So, that was a fun fight, to say the least. On pointless piece of trivia, I named two of those free starter Pokemon after D&J things. I have Atlas the Turtwig, named after New Atlas. I called my Chimchar Charlie because they're both ginger and punchy. <laughs> and I named my Peplup Siora because greedful. Oh. I know when I last lost a gym. It was Pokemon Sword and Shield, actually. I when I, I gave Shield I got a cheap copy of Shield on sale. And I lost Mostly, mostly because I was underleveled, but I lost to the Ghost Boy who replaces B as the third gym leader in Shield. I love his design; it's so cute. I don't think he's in the anime. Sucks. I think he was purely just in um, 
shield to be different. Yeah. But we've rambled on enough now. Matt, what's your final verdict? Well, I'm sort of halfway between the two of you, to be fair, because... One, I mean, how was very forgettable. Uh, although he ha- he does sort of get extremely upset when it turns out that Lily's going back to Kanto. I feel like now you find a fucking personality. <laughs> Gladion is better, but that's that's not saying a great deal. Um, so I'm gonna say two point five. Slap bang in the middle because it was an improvement, but not enough to make me want to play it again. Simple as that. Okay. So, no. Also, sorry, I feel like I've taken over the announcing of this episode. Oh, go for it. Right. Let's have a drum roll, please. It is the Sword and Shield, the 8th gen. The one that Alex, Matt, and I have had very heated discussions about in the chat because we have a very differing opinion of the certain rival in this game. We're going to be talking about three of them. We're going to be talking about Bead, aka Pink Boy, Marnie and her cool hair and more Pico, and then everyone's absolute favourite precious angel baby. I can mute your microphone, Kerry. And I'm taller than you, so shush. Look at everyone's taller than Matt. I don't think Caitlin's taller than Matt. They're actually a lot taller than I thought they'd be in person. Sorry, Caitlin. Caitlin is a whole half inch taller than Matt. I feel like we should do them in difficulty order, which would be Marnie first, Bead second, and then Hop in first, because Hop is the hardest one out of the three, but we'll get to him last because of that. Really? Don't raise your eyebrows at me, Willis. You put your eyebrows back down. <laughs> Jesus. Just because your opinion's wrong, Matt, doesn't mean you need to overact like it's right. Yeah, as you can see, Alex and I are very protective over Hop. We <laughs> are very correct in while Hop is the best. You, you, Hop you, is you, the best to start. Hop is the best rival in any Pokemon game. I'm just saying. And we will get into why in much detail in a minute. But I will, I, I will happily, happily, happily debate about whether he's the best or not of another point. But you can't say at any point he is the hardest one to fight. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Just wait. <laughs> just shut the fuck up. Sit down. Get your popcorn, and we'll explain. Go on, Marnie. He's probably the easiest. She is basic. She's. Your typical acting tough comes off a little bit edgy, quiet girl who has a fucking more Pico, and more Pico is the best Eevee duplicate, the best Pikachu duplicate ever. And don't argue that with me, Matt. No, I've I've faced down more Pico so many times in this game um, against you. Uh, I can't argue it's a great Pokemon because it is two types. Brilliant. Sorry, you froze, Matt. No, that's brilliant. <laughs> right. Okay. So to make it simple, I'm just gonna go off their final teams. This is this is the one letdown I have with Sword and Shield. Well, 
one of the main letdowns I have with Sword and Shield is the fact how everyone apart from Hop in Leon seem to only have five Pokemon. Why does no one have six Pokemon in this game before the Elite Four? Not even the Elite Four, the champion. But I anyway. Mean, that's a valid point, actually. Anyway, she has Leopard. Which is, a, eh, okay, it has Fake Out, so I'll give it credit. She has Toxicroak, which is good. I like Toxicroak. Underrated. It has Earthquake. And Drain Punch, and... And, um, Gunk Shot, which helps with against Fairy-types. She has Scrafty, which is a nice little guy. But, for some reason... Wait, where's its ability? Does it not have... Does that one not have Moxie? Uh, yeah, it has Moxie. It doesn't say. Uh, Scraft... It has Moxie. Scrafty has shed skin, yeah. It has shed skin? Yeah. Okay, that's crap then. Because Scrafty's going to have Moxie as one of their abilities, and that makes Scrafty a, net, a Pokemon to be reckoned with. Hmm. Shed skin eh, knocks it out a little bit. Then she has her god tier Pokemon, which she should be Dynamaxing, and that's more Pico. With Aura Wheel and Quick Attack. Fun fact um, quite recently, they had the World Championship for Pokemon, and they used um, Sword and Shield, was the game they used for it. Legendaries were allowed in this tier. Because of there being no national decks. Do you want to know the, how the um, the person who won the um, world championship won this year? Is they it? had the, they had Zacian out. Yeah. The Zacian used Quick Attack to win. It took out the final Pokemon with Quick Attack. Sometimes way to do it. I think this is the first. I think this is the first ever championship that's been won with Quick Attack. And lastly, she has Gigantamax Grimmsnarl, which is a Dark and Fairy type. And Grim, I'll give it. Grimmsnarl is a great Pokemon. It's it's very much a um. It's a it's a physical hitting Dark and Fairy type. Hmm. It has bulk up for attack boosts. It has play rough for, and as we've all learned, play rough is a pretty nasty fairy type attack. Yeah, huge. And it right. has darkest Lariat, which is a dark version of play rough, from what I remember. If you use play rough the right way, that can be a really bad move for you. <laughs> play rough is terrifying in yeah. certain games. I mean, the team's strong. Team strong, and she does, just, and she does become a gym leader. I forget as well. It it just has one glaring weakness. Mm. Well, it has two glaring weaknesses because for one, that Scrafty doesn't have Moxie. Yeah, but it's the fact it's all dark types, and dark type really doesn't do well against what it's weak against. It it's a very squishy team. It's, it's just a team of glass cannons. 
Hmm. Yeah, well, she is the dark. She's the the um the dark type gym leader. Obviously, she takes over from Piers in Spike Muff, if I remember correctly. Uh, I'm not quite sure where that where in England that's meant to be, but <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, it, it, it's a decent enough team to be fair. But yeah, Dark Type, if you've got the right Pokemon on your on your team, then you can take it apart quite quickly. But in terms of her story and everything, I, I enjoyed it. She she got growth. They did a lot better job, as Kerry mentioned. Um, in previous entries, rivals were very forgettable in previous games. Now, whether we agree or not about the, about Pokemon, the rivals in this game, one thing we can all agree on is they're not forgettable. <laughs> they very much have personalities. Whether or not we like them or not is an entirely different story. Amani, I enjoyed. What about you, Kim? What's your take on Marnie? If we're looking at her purely from a battle perspective, I never struggled against her. But she wasn't exactly a pushover. You did actually have to engage your brain cells sometimes to think, wait a minute, I need to do this. From an actual character perspective, I liked her. She had personality. She had a cute dress. (laughs) She had a cool jacket. Character design perspective as well. I feel like from this game onwards, the character designs were all better as well, which made them more likable, which sounds really shallow, but people like visually pleasing things. Mm. It was, of course, the first Pokemon core Pokemon game on the Switch, of course, mm-hmm. uh, which certainly helped. Um, obviously, the graphics were much more improved. Um, yeah, as Kay said regarding, um, didn't struggle massively, but you needed a plan. You needed a plan, but that's the same for all the gym leaders. To be fair, yeah. but the fact that she was a rival and then became a gym leader, I like the growth of story. It was really well paced. It was really well done, and it made logical sense. I like a story that makes sense. My only complaint is you couldn't get the pink dress for your character. That is true, but in fact, I wore the male character, so I'm not surprised I couldn't get the pink dress. <laughs> I don't know. I think you would have pulled off the pink dress great. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> See, Marnie's a, Marnie is a, is a decent character, for sure. Um, and yet, Alex has said that she is the worst of her rivals. So... No, from a battle perspective. Mm-hmm. Alex looked like he was about to slap you into Sunday then. (laughs) (laughs) From a character perspective, I like her more than Bede. But I've I put I but saying I like her more than Bede, I put Bede and Marnie on like the same pedestal anyway, because I love the pair of them. Okay, so speaking of Bede. I think Terry, do you want to speak about Bede? Because Bede is your guy. It is absolutely one of my favourite characters out of any Pokemon game. The guy looks like a sheep for a start. It's adorable. Like his massive pink coat and purple coat. (laughs) Um, Alex, do you have his team to hand? Mm -hmm. That's how we've been starting this. 
Okay, so, but for a bit of context, he starts as a psychic type trainer, and then ends up moving on to fairy types in the end because he gets abducted. I mean, I mean, not abducted. Sorry, that's the wrong word. He gets trained into being the fairy type gym leader because he's pink. We're going to ignore the fact that we're going to ignore the fact that I walked into Opal's gym with pink hair in that game, and we're just going to go with the guy who wears a pink coat. Well, yeah, of course. His aura is pink. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he has a Marwal, which is Steel and Fairy. So that helps off, that helps the team a little bit. He has Gardevoir, which is one of my favorite Pokemon of all time. And no, I'm not I'm not as in like the Pokemon fandom. I just like Gardevoir because it became a fairy type. And fairy type is ridiculous. Gardevoir, I love the fact that she can create a black hole. <laughs> I like the name her yeah. name. I like the fact apparently her name translates to Sir Knight, your waifu is a dude. <laughs> Gardevoir is a fairy and a psychic and fairy type is a formidable foe. Yeah. And I've had Gardevoir in most of my teams since fairy type came out because of that one reason. Because I've never been a big fan of the fairy Pokemon. I like the Pokemon that became fairy types. Like, I love Clefable, I love Gardevoir. They're two of my favorite fairy types ever. What's your thoughts on Azumarill? Azumarill. I, I forgot about Azumarill, but Azumarill being a fairy type. Azumaru, Gardevoir, and Clefable are like the best fairy types ever. And I like Grimmsnarl. Like anyway, getting off topic. So she has Marwile, Gardevoir, Galarian Rapidash, which is psychic and fairy. Hmm. She has Sylveon, aka Ribbon Eevee. And she has. She has. He has. Hatterin, which is a um, slower, bulkier version of Gardevoir, which is Psychic and Fairy, any Gigantamaxes. Hmm. I have one of them. They're actually pretty good. Hmm. I think I... I think I... I know I battled a few them, but I haven't caught one, I don't think. Um, Sylveon, I have got one of those. I like a Sylveon. They are very, very cute. Um, I think his story as well, putting the team to one side, the team is decent again. But putting it to one side for a moment, just talk about the story for him, but it comes to like, because obviously he wrecks one of the sacred monuments in the game, which is a big no-no. And you're don't know, but you do know, but you don't know who it is who did it. You know your rival who's done it because your rival, he's, a, he's been a dick through the whole game. But again, he, he almost has redemption when Opal recruits him to take over from her. Um, yeah, yeah, it's grooming, let's face it. <laughs> it's grooming. Well, to me, the lad gets nicked, like kidnapped by fucking Yubaba from Spirited Away, so you know. <laughs> She has that ginormous nose. She reminds me of you, Baba. Yes, I was wondering where I remember, where I recognise it from. 
Spirited, spirited Away. Spirited Away. That's the one where the parents get turned into pigs, yeah. isn't it? It's, oh, I love that film. If for some reason you haven't seen that film, just pause this episode, go and watch it, then come back and tell us we're right. <laughs> you know, you know Norseka Valley of the Wind? I love that film. Have you ever seen the Hollywood poster for it? Because obviously they changed a lot for the American adaptation. Yeah. There's a fucking cyborg with a laser cannon on the poster and a dragon. And it's like, what the fuck? None of that was in the film. All I remember is people kicking off because they thought you could see her ass in one shot, but she was just, she's wearing like tan colored legging type things. Isn't she also, you know, not an adult? Yes. That's why people were kicking off, and it's like, no, she's wearing trousers underneath her tunic. They're the same colour as her skin. It's a bad design choice. Normal thing to be normal. Because in some artworks, they're white. Just because they're, like, tan-coloured in the actual film. Mm. (laughs) Game Junkies talks about Studio Ghibli movies. Studio Ghibli movies are mostly great. Um, How's Moving Castle? I like that one. Do you know that's one of the few I haven't seen the whole way through? Because I watched one. I watched a Studio Ghibli film the other day because I haven't one? watched it in ages. Um, life. I can't remember where it's Porso or Porco. Like Porco Rosso. Yeah. Oh, I what a good film that one is. I think my. What's your all-time favourite, then, of the Studio Ghibli movies? Spirited Away. Fair answer. Matt, how many of them have you seen? None? You've never even seen Spirited Away? Nope. Oh, you need to watch... You need to at least watch Spirited Away. Oh, what about... um... I will... I'll make a point of watching it at some point. It's like... Cameron Jones is a good one. For me, it's a toss-up between Whisper of the Heart and The Cat Returns, because they're linked in a way. Because the story that um, Shizuku, if I remember rightly, writes, is the story- is, um, got characters in it from The Cat Returns, like the Baron and Muta. Yeah. I- I think- Matt, I think you would like Porco Rosso or, um, Spirited Away. I think you should watch one of them two first, because I do think you would like I think you'd like Porco Rosso more than Spirited Away, but they're both phenomenal films. Just in case anyone wants another recommendation, um, a Peter Castle in the Sky. It's like a floating airborne castle. It's like proper D&D shit. There's a huge moth on my laptop screen. I will make a definite note of checking it out for sure. Yeah, I think, as I said, I think you'd be into Porco Rosso more, because it's... Oh, it's it's such a good one. Studio Ghibli is like ten out of ten. The clear COVID Even if people are creepy and talk about complain about a minor's underwear, please don't talk about that. I mean, there's there's no underwear to talk about. <laughs> it's tan coloured trousers. Exactly. So stop getting fucking out all these things. Otherwise, I will come to your house. Otherwise, I'll come to a house with a baseball bat and bonk you over the head. Anyway. We were talking about bead? Yes, we were! It's because I called Opal, you bother. Right, so I think we've done bead to death. 
at this point, and Marnie. So shall we address the elephant in the room? Yes, but Matt is not allowed to talk about him. So I'll I'll do that. I I will bring us into Hop because I don't want Hop's name. I don't want a description of Hop coming from Matt because I know it will be, just be a slur of insults. Oh no. Hop is your friend. He comes off as the very typical. Right, he become he starts off like Brendan. It's like I'm your friend. We're gonna do stuff together. I'm gonna beat you one day. Oh, why do I keep losing? Oh, I just lost. I just lost a bead, and now I'm miserable. And then he perks up later on. And then, and then his brother, aka Leon, the champion, as you start beating him over and over, Leon seems to favor you more. Which makes Hop more and more distant. And then Hop, slowly over the end of the game and the post game, starts coming out of his shell and becoming his own person to the point where, in the end, he realizes that he doesn't want to be the best trainer in the world. He just wants to help people. So he ends up wanting to become the next Pokemon professor, which Sonya, also one of the best Pokemon professors in Glacier Games, me, is, um, takes on Hop is her assistant. Hop? Kiri, what do you think of Hop? Hop, and I say this as much as I absolutely love Bede, Hop is the best character in the entire game. Hop is the best designed rival. He's actually got a personality that develops and grows over the game. Because being the little brother of the champion, he's always lived in Leon's shadow, if you think about it. And the fact his brother, who he looks up to and idolises, is suddenly treating his friend with like more respect and more enthusiasm than him has got to be absolutely devastating. And for a game that's about catching and enslaving cutesy wild creatures, it's, it's a hard-hitting storyline. Because it gets to the point where everything sort of comes together and Hop just... As Alex said, he's slowly pushing himself away from you. And just growing into a shell. And it's honestly kind of a little bit heartbreaking. I'm a sucker for storylines like this. As a rival, especially in the beginning of the game, I never lost him. Alex made the conscious decision to lose to him to see what was changed. And if I remember rightly, you said he's like is well shaft. He is like made up. Like so, beats you. I had I have to admit it it added like an extra twenty minutes of playtime on top of my um thing to lose to him twice. Because you can lose to him twice and it doesn't affect the story. Once you lose the third time that's when it does the you blackout, you lose money, go to the go to the Pokemon Center. But in this game, you're actually allowed to lose to it. And I think that should be programmed into, obviously, apart from the final fight, because sometimes you've got you to gotta win that one, theoretically, to make sense. But do you, do you agree that if you lose to your rival, the game should continue as normal rather than resetting it and everyone has amnesia? Yeah, I feel like if you've got a cocky rival who's not your friend, I feel they should hold it over you. Because, you know, that seems more in character. 
obviously unless you're red because then you had to be a murderous bastard and kill it as Rassicate. Yes, well, we covered that in the last episode, I think. <laughs> Rest in peace, Raticate, gone but not forgotten. What do you think about that idea, Matt? That you that losing to your rival should make the game continue? I think that they were limited by technology at the time. And I think that part of what they were doing here was see was letting it was letting part of that be a thing. Because you said he was happy that you beat that he beat you. Well, you would be, wouldn't you? You would be happy if you won, of course. No one, no one likes losing, do they? Everyone loves winning. Even if you don't, even if you don't, even if you say, "Oh, I don't care if I win or lose," sort of thing, you fucking love it if you win. Absolutely, you do. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very competitive, and when I when I take an L, as it were, I'm. I, I will take that. Yeah, I lost, but I've learned something, and I'll apply that to next time, sort of thing. I have a I must win mentality. I come from my, my mother. As you'll meet her at a wedding, she's obsessed with winning. That woman, she got she got in my nephew's face, age two. I went yes when you beat him in a card game. Jesus, yeah. Let's challenge her to beer pong or something. Oh, we've got we've got we've got um, giant board games in the garden. Don't worry about that. But no, she, she, we, we can't play Scrabble anymore since the incident. For that way. God. Yeah, the incident. <laughs> but, but it's that winning matters mentality. Because in life, you need to win things. You're competing for things all the time. You're competing for jobs, competing for partners, competing all these different things throughout your life. Winning is important. Um, and clearly it shows with Hop when he doesn't, when he doesn't win. Um, and to be fair, and to be fair, it is well written about how. Let's, let's face it, as the player character, you're a complete homewrecker because you're ruining his home life completely. His brother was endorses you, not him. I mean, what the fuck is up with that? For a start, that's a good point. What the fuck is that? <laughs> With that, um, I mean, I hate to skip forward to the end of the game, but at least he does. He does end up with a legendary Pokemon as his partner. To be fair, the one that is not your one that isn't is the opposite to your game, obviously. So you know, it does. It does end sort of well for Hop. I will say, and most of my hate for Hop is aimed at the fact of this guy really needs love for Red Bull. Uh, at times, um, get that kid some Adderall. They gave him possibly too much personality at times. Um, I would like to point out though, and I've got this one from Bulbapedia, so hear me out here. Um, his name is Hop. Yeah. Do you know what the Japanese move Hop is in the English game? Splash. Yeah. Splash. The most useless move in Pokemon. However, by that same token, Splash was all Magic Carp could do up until this game. Now, what else could it do? Hydro fucking Hydro pump! pump. 
They gave Ma Magikarp Hydro Pump. What of the most powerful water moves in the entire game? I so hope there's at least one person out there who was like, oh, Magikarp, and the Magikarp just goes, surprise, bitch, and takes the mine. <laughs> Someone has beaten Sword and Shield with Magikarp, that new splash flail in Hydro Pump. Christ, <laughs> got the holy trinity of moves. I really hope that this is a fantastic concept. <laughs> so, to be fair, Magikarp evolved from that to that. Now, let's face it. To be fair, if I take the animosity towards Hop's endless enthusiasm, even when he loses out of the equation, he's a really well-written character. And... See, the thing is, he doesn't serve much as a rival to me. To me, he's more of a tag partner. The amount of times you team up with him rather than fight him. I mean, I know you fight him a lot, but you, you team with him more than you fight him. So for me, he adds to it. So I'm prepared to concede, um, as it were. Hop may be the best character in this game because of how well he was written. Because of how well he was written. I do feel that Marnie and and Bede do do add a lot too as well. Um I think as a trio together, four and a half out of five. Because those because they intersect each other on a regular basis, as, as Kerry's pointed out through the previous entries well rather than not well written the replay deal is not there hop even pops up and is crucial to the dlc in this game as well uh and marnie does as well to be fair um pops up throughout the uh throughout the post game as well so the rivals actually don't just bugger off on, a, on, a, on an adventure hoping never to be seen again they're good characters i will concede happily Okay, Alex, what's your final verdict? You guys seem quite happy the fact that I conceded that an argument. So there's one, there's one thing about Hop that I want to quickly bring up. His team. Ah yes. Obviously, he has the starter that's weak to yours for some reason. That I don't understand why they did that with the later games, but ignoring that fact. He has a dub wall, which is it's it's the standard first Pokemon that you can find. It does it does its job. Double he is has Snorlax. Dub, I must say that double is evolved Wulu, which is such a sad Pokemon. It's so cute though. It's cute, but it's also cannon fodder. This is true. He has he has Snorlax, which is good. For some reason, they gave him a Pinchurchin, which is probably, honestly, one of the most useless Pokemon next to a Magikarp, if not more useless. He has Corviknight, which is a legendary Pokemon, in my opinion. It's legendary stuff, it's Corviknight. And in... Before the DLC, it's a, he has a Gigantamax Corviknight, which is legendary. He has... Obviously one of the starters. But this is the big one. He he either has Zacian or Zamazenta. 
Zamazent is good, but Zacian is on another level. Because the two things to bring up about Zacian, Zamazenta, and basically every legendary Pokemon from Gen 7, Eternatus, Calyrax, and Zacian, Zamazenta, and whatever the fuck the horses are called. And I know there's the Reggies and the Birds, but I'm not including that because they're, they're remakes of olds. Yeah, fine. Zacian and Zamazenta... All Pokemon are done on a power level. They have, they have a, they have a certain amount of points that get distributed. They have the same power level as Mega Rayquaza, which is seven hundred and twenty points distributed to HP values, attack values, speed values. Zacian also its ability gives it a plus one automatically to its attack. And it has Behemoth Blade, which does double damage to Dynamax Pokemon. The fact that he has that on his team arguably makes him the most powerful rival to date. Because if anyone fought, if all of these rivals gathered in a competitive field, I don't think any rival from any game would beat Hop while he had Zacian on his team. Because Zacian and Zamazenta, more specifically Zacian because the attack boost, is just ridiculously strong. Too strong for um, a legendary. I I hear what you're saying, but I will counter that slightly, because you had sword, didn't you? Yes. Kerry, did you have shield? Yes. As did I. Zamazenta um, may not have Behemoth Blade. Does that Behemoth Bash, though? That is a solid move. Yeah. And also, um, although Hop has his version of the Mazenta has Psychic Fans, we have Dynamax Cannon. Where is that? Which, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Which is only, which which is... only, only active, which you can only use against Dynamax characters. And it can be, if, it's, if it works against them, it can be brutal, but sometimes, as found with you, it ships off 4HP. <laughs> so it feels like, anyway. Dynamax can not put on his one for some reason. If I'm going off of, If I'm only going off of Hot, because the other two are great, but I feel like Hop's in a league of his own when it comes to the rivals in this game. Yeah. Personality, he's got it. Yeah. He's a bit weak, but the fact that he can have Zacian on his team at the end make, arguably makes him the strongest rival there has ever been. So, probably a little bit by... I'm gonna go four out of five. I'm gonna go four point five. Because of the pin church and I can't give him because of pin church and double, I can't give him a five out of five. But Zacian really does personality and having access to Zacian really ups his score for me. So I'm going four out of five. Four point five out of five. Ah. Hmm. Fair enough. Okay. Kerry. The Kerry. 
this is right this is where i feel like a bit of a dick because i'll just say it now this is the only game i could give a five to and it's not purely based on hot it's the combination of all three of them i i don't think i'm a particularly complex person but i like they have strength they have story relevance they have personality great character designs because i like that type of thing compared when i compare them to every other rival slash companion rival in any other game none of them really stand up to that so it'll be interesting to see if they can top that because whilst the games are getting better all the time there is just something about the Sword and Shield trio of characters. Because they've all got personality, but they're all different at the same time. And all of their like, little individual stories are relevant to the main plot. So if you removed one of them, a large part would be missing. And none of them are pushovers, which is always nice. So I realise that's a bit disjointed, but there you go. That's my little whack of thoughts. Okay. So did it, have you given it a five? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Justified, to be fair. Justified. I mean, obviously cut this bit out, Matt, because this is just a pre-thought. I don't... By the sounds of it, by the sounds of things, I think Sword and Shield have got the highest score. But yeah, let's find out. Well, let me announce. Righto, the results are in. One more drum roll for prosperity. In eighth place, with a quite painful five point five out of fifteen, is X and Y. I think when Apex and I reviewed this game in like ranking every region, I think we were blinded by nostalgia and the fact everything's like, wow, revolutionary. But the game itself apparently has piss poor replay value, as in none. And when you look past all the shiny quote unquote new mechanics, there's not really a lot there. Mm. Any more thoughts from you two? They were phoning in for sure. The expression. They were, they, were, they, were, they were certainly living on past glories for sure. Mm. It was Alex. It was too handholdy. Okay. In seventh place, with an eight point five out of fifteen, we have Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum. Yes, Alex sheds a solitary tear because I do believe this is one of his favourite regions. That hurts me, but it's perfectly valid when it comes to the rivals of that game. It's a great game. The rivals aren't strong, though. Yeah. The game itself is fantastic. Yeah. I think if we were ranking it on the game itself, be um, it would be. It would be. It would probably be in the top three or four. Easy. Easy. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, in terms of rivals, yeah, I feel that's satisfied, unfortunately. In sixth place, doing much better than it did in the region rankings video, 
is Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot to say about this one. Got to admit, if we weren't doing the list, I probably would have forgotten the names of the games. It's a fair criticism. That is harsh, but fair, I feel. Alex? It has, it definitely has its flaws, but I'm still, I'm still positive on my point that I think the totem Pokemon were better than having gyms because when is the last time anyone really ever struggled with a gym like they did the totem Pokemon? This is very true. And, and the Elite Four music in that game is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. In fifth place. Ironically, is Generation 5 Black and White. Another great game. The story is fantastic, especially if you read the manga. It's much darker. But oh, it's fucking evil, the manga. <laughs> I keep meaning to read it because it just sounds pure evil, but the rivals, they're too forgettable. And I feel like that's a criticism that's come up quite often in these two episodes is this character is purely forgettable. Matt, do you, do you remember Gestus from um, Black and White? Nope. Um, green-haired, green-haired guy with a Hydreigon uh, who was Enz's puppeteer. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in the manga, he attempts to murder the um, protagonist by freezing them and dumping them in the ocean. And he hangs the Elite Four members by ropes outside of the Elite Four. Yeah, read the Bulbapedia entry, it is wild. <laughs> okay! Wow! <laughs> and, he also, and I'm pretty sure he used to beat up Pen physically in the, man- in the manga. Yeah, I'm gonna read that one day and I'm gonna... If you see me and Rob, like curled up in the corner crying, it's there's a, like a ten percent chance I've been reading the manga. I'm an emotional. Hi, I'm Kerry. I'm an emotional piss baby at the best of times. It's the reason why the community is fairly all positive in agreement on Gestus being the um, the best um, villain of Pokemon because he is a fucking villain. He is evil, yeah. but. Sorry, that's what to do. Absolutely fair. Come on, definitely. In fourth place, getting up to the big ones now, with a re- very respectable 10 out of 15, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. That's about right, the- yeah. These are, a corn- these are ga- cornerstone games. Do you remember the excitement of the Weather Trio? <laughs> The legendaries. Yeah. And like, this... oh my god, it's going to rain forever or the sea's going to dry out. Gen 3 is very close to my heart. Very crazy was. The, the story so between cool. the 3 was great. Yeah. And they. <laughs> I love to imagine the fact. It's like, let's put trumpets in this one music piece. And then the director or whatever is like, let's put, let's put trumpets in every piece. <laughs> No, so Maxie many trumpets. <laughs> Maxi and Archie's theme in Omega Ruby and Apple Sapphire. I remember hearing it for the first time, and I was like, "Oh, it's not that 
much better. Oh my god, it's fantastic! <laughs> Let's turn my DS onto max volume. <laughs> my, my, as my ears bleed rainbows. How loud them trumpets! Ah, we're on to the big three now. Now, in third place, with a 10.5 out of 15. Ooh, just. Red, blue, green, and yellow. Nice. Gary motherfucking Oak is an icon. Absolutely. Absolutely. We call him Gary, Blue, or what was his name again? <laughs> we don't count Trip if you're on about Trip. We don't. Uh, no. Sorry, after you. That absolute classic. Um, yeah, those games will forever be a place in. They'll be forever one of the greatest games of all time because they set a the whole thing in motion. Now, it's two left. And probably quite surprisingly, given our region rankings, in second place, and this makes me happy, we have gold, silver, and crystal with a 12 out of 15. Lovely. And I've written down the nicknames for silver. We have silver. I called him Joffrey, and I've also got Edgelord written down. <laughs> Which I believe was Alex's nickname. He, he just gave me the Edgelord vibe, so I was like, yep, yeah, you're calling Edgelord, and then I couldn't fit it, so I... My chemical Maybe. romance intensifies. <laughs> <laughs> Alex now looks like cousin it for the benefit of a type. I look like a Resident Evil Village character now. Same thing, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, indeed, it's, it's, a, it's a great region, and who doesn't love Johto? Johto's great. 16 gyms, what are you complaining about? Yeah. Also, and... also the, the gym music for the remake of the Soul Silver in Heart Gold gym music remake is fire. I love yes. it. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Coming to Game Junkies at some point, let's rate the music of every region. <laughs> We are going to milk this subject dry, just so the viewers are aware. There's, there's so much Pokemon we can, champions next, so much we can rank. And now, probably very unsurprisingly, with a 14 out of 15, as we have just spent ages going like, yes, hop best. <laughs> yes, you can raise your eyebrows at me all you want, but we know it's true. <laughs> to be fair, we, we, we unanimously agreed on this one as well, to be fair. We did. It is Sword and Shield. That's it. Bearing in mind, bearing in mind that the the ones before this in the podium places were some of the classics, and this one is ahead of those classics, and nothing else got past the original games in our ranking list. Says a lot about that they went back. To look at what was wrong, and they fixed a lot of problems with arrivals in these games in Sword and Shield for sure. And it does make me hope that Nimona, uh, who has been announced as a rival for um, Scarlet and Violet, is going to be a good rival. We, we, if they follow the, follow the same pattern you got here, and you're onto a winner here, surely. All I know about Scarlet and Violet is everyone was getting like funky over the ice gym leader, and then they were like, "Wait, that's a dude." Yeah, 
People are so disappointed. They... I love him already. He's great. <laughs> so I love his design. You know, free. Have you two seen? Go on. Have you two seen the latest um, trailer for Scarlet and Violet? Yeah. What the fuck is up with that woman's boots? The um. The, like the, the school the the queen leader. or something. She's cool as fuck. What the fuck is the boots about? What are those? It's an actual, it's an absolute mood, isn't it? <laughs> and everyone's like, her design is so cool, and I'm just there like, bro, what the fuck is the point in those boots? Because when it rains, she's just gonna have fucking puddles in there. <laughs> Coming soon to Game Junkies, we rate character designs. <laughs> There's a, a we fucking found a magic cup the other day walking past her, and it was in the boots. <laughs> Uh, um, just so we know, we've been talking about Pokemon that the rivals have had. Um, Nimona, we know three of the Pokemon that she's going to have because of the trailers. She's going to have Poor Me, which looks like a hamster. Love it. <gasps> Smoliv. Not going to lie. Which looks like an olive. Yeah, I love the olive. <laughs> and all hail the chonk. According to Bulbapedia, she's described as an experienced Pokemon trainer and a reliable guide for the player. We'll see about that. We'll, we'll, be, judging, we'll be judging her harshly. You've got a lot to look up to with, with Marley, uh, Bead, and, uh, and uh, Splash. So. But hey. That's all for the future. And yes, I did hear what you called <laughs> But yeah, if you guys um, agreed with our with our ranking, then feel free to add us at Game Junkies Pod. And if you didn't agree with us, uh, then you can always add us at Dankwithin21. <laughs> if you don't agree with us, we, uh, we understand that, but we also would like to respectfully inform you that your opinions are wrong. <laughs> So, anything else for this evening? Um, uh, we've uh, we should probably plug. Um, we've got um lots of stuff coming away with D and J. Obviously, stuff is pouring um into into our hard drives on a regular basis that we've got to keep editing to try and stay on top of. You can hear uh, me we, screaming, it's just my hard drive sobbing as it runs out of room for about the 50th time. We are in 18 hours of unedited audio. <laughs> Get on my level. But that's the problem when you when you end up creating when you create your content, you've got to send all the editing side of things. <laughs> lots of stuff coming your way. A culmination of um of several campaigns, uh, with new ones on the way as well. Um oh, we've, looking, I love my characters. <laughs> yeah, we've we've got some amazing characters coming and some amazing characters being and NPCs, amazing NPCs are being created as well by all of the DMs. Um all farm continue to go strongly from Chad. Um, and of course, check out Kate and the stuff with Dice and Suffering uh, on all podcasting platforms. Um, oh, should we let them know that they are bringing out something in the very near future? Something new? Go ahead. Well, I don't want to spoil it as much as their limelight, but you should keep looking out for them. Ab- they might be bringing something new your way. Absolutely. Keep an eye, keep an eye at Kate and RC. For all being pumped for that sort of thing, and uh, at our mind games, um, I'm I'm prepared to say what I've got come up. Um, with regards to 
my new campaign, because Edel's coming to a close with this series, um, I have decided to, uh, with, with much encouragement and delight from my co-hosts here, with the addition to 5e of Spelljammer, oh yes, we're going to space, people. That has my basic character concept already, so you know. And I love, and I love the concept I've got from a lot of people. Some fine tuning he's doing in general, but the concept of okay. <laughs> Kerry... <laughs> <That's a skill. laughs> um, but yeah, um, Alex, take us to the home stretch with you, buddy. Well, I mean, do I say yeah? Fuck it. Um, as of the time we're recording this. Tales of Ortovia has officially wrapped up. Another campaign is on the way is it was as I did start making this like middle of the way through Tales of Ortovia. But yeah, the final few episodes are very quickly coming. And the funny thing is we I was thinking to myself, how cool would it be if this campaign was 50 episodes? I've cut I've cut the audio in cutting the audio into separate um, episodes. This campaign's exactly fifty episodes. That's really cool. Yeah, no. that's really really cool. I'm not go- I'm not going to mention the name of the next campaign though because the name of the next campaign is revealed in the end of the last episode. So you'd have to wait till then to see it. Perfect. Hear it because it's audio. Po- it's an audio podcast. Absolutely. Um. Anything else to mention, guys? Or should we leave them wanting more in two weeks' time? Even begging. Absolutely. Well, good shout, Kiss. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Chris is back next week with Chris Talks Games. Uh, on behalf of all the Game Junkies, I'm Matt. I'm Alex. And I'm Carrie. We're the Game Junkies, and we're out of here. Au revoir. This podcast is a Mass Attack production for Visionaries Global Media.